Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of You Are Infinitely Loved. We are talking today all about coping with this crazy, crazy world that we are currently living in Mm. and using our self-loving skills and tools to help us live well and thrive in the middle of chaos. (laughs) Can we call it chaos? (laughs) I think we can call it chaos. Yeah. We thought no one's talking about coronavirus. It's uh, (laughs) something that no one's hearing about. So. Let's we wanted it. to be breaking Let's go news out on a limb and talk about the topic that nobody's talking about. We'll talk about how to properly wash your hands. Oh my word. The songs <laughs> you can sing along while you wash your hands. Oh my word. All of the emails I've gotten from every single place I've ever visited telling me about their coronavirus policy mm. and how to wash my hands. I've gotten yeah. 5,000 emails. You know what? I was finding myself feeling almost possessive over this self-love work because you will notice if you Google self-love or self-care or self-compassion right now, there are so many people writing articles about this because this is what we need during this time. And I'm like, we've been talking about this all along. You are cashing in on our self-love and self-compassion tools right in this virus. So yeah, we need to, uh, continue our conversation because these tools really are important right now. (laughs) Oh my word. It's obviously, you know, when it hits the fan, we get pretty desperate for the things we maybe should have been working on beforehand, you know? So I think it's that, that thing of, um, you know, even if as the economy is a little iffy right now, we're like, have we saved enough? Have we been responsible with our money? You know, things that we maybe should have thought about. Before the economy takes. Right. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So I think in this episode, we are going to go through some tools that can help you be mentally well and physically well and socially well, and just talk about the different coping mechanisms that you can try out because- not every tool is going to work for every person. And you Mm -hmm. might find that the way anxiety manifests for you, it's more, you feel like you need to take care of yourself more mentally for others. They'll feel Mm -hmm. it in their body. So just interesting to think about what effect this chaos is having on you and how, Mm -hmm. yeah, how best you can deal with it and really personalizing that approach. Yeah, as we've been talking, it's been fascinating to me how differently people are taking this information in Mm. and how they're responding to it. So this week, I started seeing all of my therapy clients only online, not going into the office at all, Mm. and which is new. I haven't really done that before. Um, And it was fascinating to me how everyone talked about how it was affecting them in different ways. It, mm. There wasn't two people who said, you know, the same things. So it made me just think a lot about how in normal day-to-day stress or if a stressful event pops up, up for us that isn't, you know, a worldwide pandemic, yeah. <laughs> um, of course we deal with it differently. Of mm. course we metabolize it and understand it differently. Yeah. And so I think that's like the first self-compassion tool to use is that 
the way you are handling this or coping with this is unique to you and to your experiences mm. and your history and the way you receive things. Yeah. And it's perfectly okay, whatever it is, right. you know, I think there's a lot right. of shaming going on as well of mm -hmm. whether a person's response is appropriate or inappropriate. And I think, I mean, shaming never helps anyone, right? So <laughs> it's about how can we have empathy and try and understand all of the different things that are coming up for people mm -hmm. during this time. I think that is one of the greatest coping tools we can talk about is how can you be more gentle with yourself mm. and how can you be more gentle with other people who are experiencing this completely differently than mm. you probably are? Yeah. Well, I think for me, when I'm thinking about gentleness, right, I always come back to self-compassion tools. And mm -hmm. I think a couple of really beautiful ones, one is a particular type of meditation that I think is really, really beautiful in terms of cultivating a feeling of love and compassion for not only yourself, but for everyone else around you. And that mm -hmm. is, it's called a loving kindness meditation. And for anyone who isn't familiar with it, you can Google that and find free loving kindness meditations on YouTube. You can find it in the Insight Timer app. You can find it probably on Headspace, but loving kindness is a particular type of Buddhist meditation. It's a type of um, mindfulness Vipassana meditation. It goes by many different names. Sometimes you may have heard it referred to as meta meditation, but essentially it's this idea of during the meditation, you're guided to picture a friend of yours and basically wish them the script changes based on whose who's meditation you pick, but essentially it's may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be well, may you live at peace. And then it extends out and you are asked to picture someone you don't even know, you know, someone you may have bumped into at the supermarket, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be well, may you live at peace. And then it's someone that you have a conflict with, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be well, may you live at peace. And then you have to picture yourself. Whoa, whoa, Sam. <laughs> Imagine, but this is why I love this meditation is because it's a real reminder of during this craziness with all the judgments that might be popping up for us about other people and whether or not, yeah, as I say, they're responding appropriately to be reminded that every single human being on the planet, irrespective of what country they're in, where they are, what, what's going on in their life just wants to be safe, happy, well, and live at peace. Mm -hmm. And if we can remember that and wish that for each other, mm -hmm. I think it's a really beautiful way to bring gentleness to this situation. Oh, so, my word, Sam, I love that. Mm, it's my favorite little meditation and I haven't, I hadn't done it in a really long time and I brought it back uh, two weeks ago. So it really helps. Yeah, I think, you know, if we can remember that the anxiety that we all are feeling bubble up in us, that it's correlates to what's going on, you know, it matches mm. the situation and we're all going to receive the way, you know, our anxiety is going to pop up mm. for us differently. And so if we can just remember that how anxious I might be feeling, others are feeling yeah. the same. And so to expect them to function 
at their best when they're suffering from anxiety, you know, and panic, is it maybe fair? No, not at all. And so to have more graciousness and gentleness towards our fellow human. (laughs) I was discussing this with a friend who was finding it really difficult to understand his ex-wife's response to this situation. And I said, well, if you think about it, she's responding out of fear right now. You know, fear is one of the overwhelming emotions that a person may be feeling in this time. And when you're responding out of fear, if we just look at the pathways in the brain, you are responding from your amygdala, which is this tiny little reptilian part of your brain that activates the stress response that tells you that your life's in danger. And actually in this situation, that's not an inappropriate message, you know, And when the amygdala is functioning, your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain involved in rational decision-making, is not functioning. You know, we are literally not functioning from a place of of calm and of Mm -hmm. emotional processing. That part of our brain Mm -hmm. cannot operate at the same time that our amygdala is operating and the amygdala is switched on by fear. So it's really interesting to think how can I have some compassion for anyone who may be operating in that space and how can I help Mm -hmm. reassure them and bring them out of a place of fear so that we can each cope better. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think when we are kind of beating ourselves up for the ways that we're responding. Like it's no big deal. It's fine. I'm okay. Um, why am I, why am I so panicked if I'm not even sick? Why am I so panicked if I'm not even in the age range that could get really sick? Um, I think, you know, we just get, why I shouldn't feel this way. Totally. You know, I shouldn't feel so anxious. It's fine. And the irony, this happens all the time, right? But this situation is really, such a great way of of bringing this point home, which is that it is in our greatest moments of suffering that rather than be self-compassionate, which is what we need the most, we turn up the dial on shame and self-loathing and deny ourselves the right to feel how we feel, mm-hmm. which is so brutal, you know? Right. It's perfectly okay to feel how you feel. For sure. For sure. And I think it's so interesting how quickly we forget that. Mm. I've been talking to a lot of clients this week about, would you speak to a child that way? Yeah. You know, the way you speak to yourself. And we've talked about that on the podcast here, um, talking to yourself as you would someone you love. Mm. So I think, you know, allowing ourselves a little more gentleness mm. and noticing, are there any critical thoughts I'm having about myself that I wouldn't put on someone else? Yeah. Because if, you know, your little kid was afraid, you wouldn't be like, suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> no, get no. over it. This isn't scary. <laughs> You're fine. You know, there's a way to reassure someone without denying their very real lived emotional experience. Absolutely. The experience, even if it's in your heart and your head, are as valid as if they were external. Yeah. The way our body and our brains respond are the same. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how to talk to kids. And it reminded me of something that I discussed with one of my engineers this morning. She lives in Norway. Mm-hmm. And she sent me this article 
that the prime minister of Norway actually had a meeting with school children. Wow! Explicitly assuring them that it is okay to feel scared,、mm, and that、so、that's、amazing. a normal feeling,、mm-hmm. and that everyone is doing their best to make sure you know people will get healthy soon. And what a wonderful response of a of a leader of a country to <laughs> to validate the emotional experience of children within that country. I think that's incredible because I think it's very easy to try and. Make people feel that everything's okay, but as I said before, in a way that makes them feel like they're—it's not normal that they feel scared or that they feel afraid to say, "Hey, it's all going to be okay." Like this—you're overreacting when that's not at all what that response was. You know, it's beautiful to say, "Yep, it's okay to be scared. You can be scared, and we will make it as safe as we can." I feel like talking to children about that is actually the way you. Get to the adults. Yeah, you know, adults soften up. Yeah, when they hear children being spoken to that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that really helps us to understand talking more gently and kindly to ourselves is going to be the way we're able to actually hear that part of our brain speak to us. You know? Oh my goodness, completely. And Kristen、mm-hmm. Neff talks about this. Another tool that I think is appropriate is another of her self-compassion tools. And what she looked at was the way that all mammals care for one another and soothe one another, and she found that it was, you know, gentle touch, soothing voice.、Um, mm-hmm. These things can be used towards yourself to calm yourself down, to calm your nervous system down, to make you feel better. And her research was about looking at. If it's not the caregiver doing those things, so you know, saying reassuring, soothing words in a gentle tone of voice and touching gently the person, if we did do that to ourselves, would it still work? And the research proved that yes, the brain cannot distinguish between whether a caretaker is doing that for you or whether you're doing it for yourself. So, whilst it might sound far fetched, being able to give yourself a hug, put your hand on your heart. You know, stroke your hair if that's what your parent used to do for you to make you feel safe when you're a little kid.、Mm-hmm. Talk to yourself in really kind, reassuring, soothing tones. All of these things, you know, it's not just woo woo out there. It's scientifically proven to calm you down, to make you feel reassured. Which is why we've decided to continue this podcast <laughs> in a very soothing, calming voice from now on. I'll put on my meditation <laughs> voice. <laughs> so I guess, Lindsay, don't be alarmed if you hear me talk to myself, <laughs> self-soothing myself, and start patting my own head. You know, you mock, but you know it's true. I mean, <laughs> done it before. Obviously,、right. it it goes without saying that once we're in these little. Times of self isolation. If you are with your family, you can do this for one another, right? You can hug your partner, hug your kids, reassure them. But it's great to know that for the <laughs> the single people out there like me, I can do it for myself and have the same effect. <laughs> yeah, I think even when you counterbalance the way we're 
intaking media and news. Mm. The voices are panicked. They're rushed. They are very sharp, mm. giving information about what's going on. Mm. And that even causes us to feel more alarmed. Oh, absolutely. You know? So an obvious tool that we haven't discussed yet, but is to really monitor your media consumption. Yeah. And we know this already, that it's a really powerful thing when we take a step back and monitor, how do I want to use media? How do I want it to support me? Mm. Um, Sam, I always think about your story of working in media mm. and how you experienced such depressing news and how it affected your mind, body, soul. Oh, it completely and changed it set me. you, mm. right, set you on that path of finding, is there a positive media yeah. that can do the opposite? Exactly. Know? And I think that you're so right. That period of my life and that tool of, okay, what can I consciously consume that is going to be inspiring and positive is exactly what we need right now. It's not to say that you need to bury your head in the sand, but it's to say that everything that you feed in your mind has an impact on on everything, on every choice that you make, on on your feelings, on your body, on all of it. And we know that the news is never going to be told in a calm, objective fashion, right? And so I think for me, for example, I'm very lucky in that living here in Thailand, I don't have a TV. I don't have any news feeds on my phone. I don't have any news channels in my social media apps. I, I really don't have anything. And, but obviously I want to be informed about what's going on at the moment. And so for me, I have found one website that is updated live daily and it's just the facts, right? So there's, there's nothing on there except the number of cases and how it's like the curves, how it's growing or not. It's very, it's incredibly factual. So I can have a look at it but I don't have commentary 24-7 telling me in every single way how this is going to destroy, destroy my life, destroy the economy, destroy, you know, I, I don't need that for myself right now. Mm -hmm. And that is a way of self-reparenting, taking care of yourself like you would a child. You wouldn't expose a child to tons of scary, hard to digest media and expect them to be okay. Yeah. And this is where I'm going to research and maybe we can come back to our listeners in a future episode but the work of Michelle Gielan usually is phenomenal in times like this because she started a movement called transformative journalism or transformational journalism I have to get that right but essentially she was a CBS broadcaster who really believed in the power of of optimism and optimism isn't um, denying reality, but optimism is believing that you have some kind of input and that your behaviors and your actions matter. And so mm -hmm. she, you know, was able to start a movement of broadcasting during the GFC, all of the things that people could be doing to make their financial situation better. So she said, it's not that we can't inform people of what's going on, but how can we give people actual things that they can do to improve the situation. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to look and see what she's doing on in these times because I think this situation, right, is so out of people's control. And so rather than focusing on that, which is what the media generally is going to be reporting, is all of the things that are completely outside of your control, 
What we need to focus on is what is within my control? What can I do to make the situation better? And how can I manage my response? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what so much of this episode is about. Mm. What do we actually have control over? Mm. And are we using our power to support our mental, emotional health? Yeah. So I think one of the great tools that we can talk about for our mental health is mindfulness and staying present. Because I think one of the biggest antidotes to anxiety is being able to live in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so the wonderful Elizabeth Gilbert, who Who's hopefully that? our I listeners heard know. Of her. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite authors of all time. She shared a, be a beautiful little mindfulness uh, practice that anyone can do on her Instagram account. And it's really simple to remember, right? So it's called 54321. And so what you do is whenever you feel yourself feeling really, really anxious, you say, okay, what's five things that I can see right now? So you come back to the room, come back to what's around you and just name five things that you can see and then name four things that you can hear, right? So what are the sounds going on in your space? And then three things that you can feel. So touch something in front of you. What are the three things that you can feel right now? Two things that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste. So it's literally bringing you back to your senses, right? Mm. And that's what mindfulness is all about, is experiencing every single moment fully, engaging all five senses and really living in the now. And I think it's a beautiful thing that anyone can do to calm themselves down and remind themselves that right now in this moment, you are safe. <sighs> I feel more peace just thinking about that. There you go. Thank Elizabeth you, Elizabeth Gilbert. Gilbert. Does it again. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about your consumption and social media, mm. you're already bombarded by fear and chaos and whatever. You know, you need to look for media that serves you either either by not reading what's out there, or I don't know if you if you follow this um, Instagram account called the Good News Movement. Mm, no, I don't, but I'm going to. <laughs> so for, for this um, coronavirus thing, it shows what people all over the world are doing in the midst of coronavirus. So like there's a video of someone in Spain, I think, where they're quarantined, right? Mm. So there's a fitness instructor in one at the top of one building, and then everyone else is uh, lined up outside their balcony and they do <laughs> workout together. That's so cool, right? Or there's another one where it's someone's birthday, so everyone, their neighbors, just sing happy birthday from their house yeah. out loud to their neighbors. Yeah. Um, or you see um, the health uh, professionals doing some dances just, you know, during their breaks. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many. I think that's a really important point is to find those accounts, whether on social media or those sources of, yeah, positive news, inspiring ideas. There's a lot of therapists online these days that are giving also some really great tools you know, so I think it's a great time to kind of redo your entire feed. Like if you hadn't, haven't done it yet, like what a cool thing to do is to go through your social media accounts, filter out anything that is making you feel more fear, mm -hmm. more anxious, more panicked and 
then actively kind of look for people that are, yeah, that are inspiring, that have something constructive to say that are going to help you with your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your social health, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And you can find them if if you're struggling to know, well, how do I find those people? That's what hashtags are for, right? So you can search some helpful hashtags and, and find people that are putting mm-hmm. good stuff out into the world. The one that comes to mind to me is, well, I have a few, the holistic psychologist, holy smokes. Yeah, she she's is amazing. brilliant. <laughs> I feel like I encourage all my clients to follow her. She's just really yeah. gifted and good at explaining yeah. I know that someone that we've interviewed on this podcast, Robin Conley Downs, who has uh, at Real Food Whole Life, she's doing, I believe, a a free Mm -hmm. online event all about how to remain well and and manage Mm -hmm. stress. And she also has some great, like, just really practical recipes and things you can do with your family when you're at home. So she's a great person to follow. I've noticed, though, you know, uh, what's the um, Mr. Rogers quote, you know, wherever there's trouble, look for the helpers. Yes. I'm noticing how many emails or notifications I'm getting for free services, Mm. um, free online art classes. Mm. A lot of artists are offering free classes, even on Instagram Live or um, there's a lot of authors who are reading their books. So if you have young kids yeah. and, um, Oliver Jeffers did that today and it was really special. So when you have your feed filled with those kind of people, mm. it is a game changer. Cause you're like, there's so much hope in the world. There's so much positive things happening in response to this panic. Yeah. I'm going to choose to focus my attention on that. Yeah, exactly. Another person that we've interviewed, Jonathan Fields, Mm. in his last newsletter, he wrote about the certainty anchor, where even in the midst of uncertainty, create some kind of a routine that you've been doing forever. So that, you know, that's my anchor. I know everything's okay, because I still get to do all these things every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those kind of whatever you call it, I think certainty anchor is a beautiful way of saying it, but those yeah, little rituals, routines, and if you mm-hmm. haven't had them, again, this is the perfect time. What a great excuse to start a really great, whether it's a morning routine or a meditation habit or whatever might yeah, be that anchor for you during this time. The other thing that I love mm-hmm. when I think about certainty and groundedness is, <laughs> is Oprah's, you know how Oprah has this, I think it's a book now, but it was like, uh, I think it was a column that she used to write where it was like, what I know for sure. And Mm. I just love that prompt, right? I think that's a beautiful journal prompt. And sometimes during these times, I think it's really nice to just get out a piece of paper or a journal and just write what I know for sure. And you just keep listing all of the things you know for sure, you know? I know that I am loved. I know that I have amazing friends. I know that right now I'm in great physical health. I know that whatever might make you just feel a little bit more grounded and calm, I think it's a beautiful way to do that. Thank you, Oprah. Thank you, Oprah. I love that. I'm going to do that today. I love that plan. Yay. So we've talked a little bit about staying present as one of the tools that we can use to improve our mental health during this time. And I think another one to switch us from maybe fear-based mindset or a scarcity mindset into one of, you know, just feeling better about things is, 
be simple gratitude practice, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think it doesn't have to be over the top. We don't have to be scanning every single second of every day for things we're grateful for in a denial of how we're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. But I do think that being able to focus on what you do have and what is good in your life is a helpful thing to do, Mm -hmm. you know, amidst this time. And it doesn't cancel out any of the very real feelings that you are feeling. And it doesn't mean there isn't stuff going on that you wish wasn't happening. But I think it's also to say these things aren't mutually exclusive. This can be happening. Mm -hmm. I can have this fear. I can be worried. And also I am grateful for this. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked a lot about how we want to have things in a box. This is all good. This is all bad. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm even noticing um, in the middle of panic and uncertainty, my neighbors are being really helpful and kind Mm. and checking in on us and asking what we need and, Mm. and how they can help. Mm. Um, And I think that is really powerful there um, in all of my, you know, therapist groups, everyone's saying, okay, therapist, how do we help each other out? How do we prevent burnout? How do we support others when we're feeling anxious? Mm. Um, And so I think the generosity of people saying we can do both. We can be panicked and have fear and be anxious and we can have peace and we can have connectedness, even if we can't be in the same room. Yeah. Which I think is a good point to talk about this idea of social health, right? What can we do, particularly mm-hmm. in a time where a lot of us are being told to self-isolate, stay at home, and we know, right, that social connection is one of the most important things for human beings to not only survive but to thrive. It's literally part of, you know, the only reason why human beings did survive was because they were the most social species and they were able to connect and band together and that's why we we became this kind of ongoing tribe and so what do we do how can we stay connected given the constraints upon us at the moment Mm -hmm. you know as much as we talk about social media um we can use our phones to facetime and call people yay (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes we forget that um there are those functions, you know, um, I know today, even my sister is working from home and I was working from home and we talked a couple times throughout the day and it was so lovely and wonderful that a lot of times in our workday, uh, we live in different time zones. I don't get to talk to her until late at night. And oftentimes mm. she's in bed before yeah. I can talk. And today I got to talk to her twice, two quick little check-ins and it was really awesome. And I felt like, Oh yeah, I love talking to my sister. I feel connected. And mm. So that felt like a special little treat, Um, even though we were talking about like, how are you doing? You know, Mm, what's mm. going on in your world? Mm. Um, So I think picking up our phones and fighting the urge to endlessly scroll and instead saying, who is a person I can identify in my life that is going to be comforting, that's going to be um, not a magnet towards anxiety, (laughs) you know, not... um, (laughs) that we're going to pull out in each other, but instead, who can I be vulnerable with? Who, who can I identify as safe? Yeah. And I think we can get creative, right, with with how we interact with people. I know that for a lot of people who are used to going into the workplace and being surrounded by their colleagues, potentially the extroverts among us, 
it can be really hard to work from home. Like, you know, this sounds like a really positive thing, but I know for me the transition between being part of a team, being an employee, being part of a company and being a solo business owner was incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. I found it really hard to be able to do anything because I was lacking the energy that I used to get from being around those people. But recently mm-hmm. I've been able to do some virtual retreats with other small business owners and and entrepreneurs. And essentially it's just like a Zoom call, right? But we set it up at the start of the day and we're each there and we say, it's like a co-working space, but online. So we say what it is that we're going to do and we get started and the video's on and we each go and do our own work. So we're not actually chatting after the initial chat, but you can look up and see other people with you. And it also keeps you accountable to staying and doing your thing because you're like, well, if I just leave right now and go watch TV, these people are going to see it. And then we kind of, we break and we say, this is what I'm going to work on for the next two hours. And then we go away, we do our work. And then we come back knowing that we're going to be talking to these people about what we've done. So it's not only a beautiful tool for accountability for those obligers among us who might need it, but it's also a really cool way of staying connected if you are someone that is going to find it difficult to to be at home working by mm-hmm. yourself when you are someone that usually has a lot of social interaction in your workplace you know you can still have that mm-hmm. social interaction it's just getting creative with how you do it oh man i feel as an extrovert um i saw a meme that said you know extroverts now you gotta you know come play in the introvert world and see how it feels you know the introverts are always having to come into the extrovert world and i was like that's harsh but okay but true. <laughs> i can feel that yep so I do think it is maybe even connecting with our more introverted friends mm. and saying, um, you know, what's that like for you? Teach me your ways. True. <laughs> we could learn a lot from the introverts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the other aspect of our health that we haven't spoken about yet is physical health, right? Oh, my word. Yes. So I know, Lindsay, you've read more of the book Burnout than I have. You've, in fact, finished the book. I'm still reading it. But one of the things that they talk about, right, is this idea of needing to finish the stress cycle in your body on a a very Mm. physical level and how it is that we can do that. Can you kind of explain a little about that? I haven't just read the book. (laughs) I am obsessed with the book and have requested that all of the women in my life read this book. Do you know what? We need to Let's try and get them on this podcast. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, my gosh. We will will try. Um, I I feel like these two women, Amelia and mm. Emily Yeah, Correct. <laughs> I was um, like, I can't first. remember. <laughs> Give me a second. Yep. Um, I feel like they did a fantastic job of describing the physical realities for what stress does to our bodies mm. and how even we aren't even aware sometimes of the stress we're taking on and the toll it's taking until our bodies just shut down and they're like, I am not okay. Yeah. And so one of the best and easiest tools is to move our bodies to like, they talk a lot about how the animal instinct after, you know, you're out in the wilderness and a bear chases you and you survive. There's a physical cycle that ends. Yeah. I'm safe now. I can breathe. Right. Mm. And oftentimes we are just inputting stress information Mm. and it's never coming to completion. Yeah. There's never, okay, I'm safe now. I can exhale. Yeah. And so moving our bodies is period the way to do that. Um, 
So even right now, like Koos got a notice today that his CrossFit gym is closing. Oh. And for Koos, he's been, you've been doing this seven months? Hmm. Six months, seven months, three times a week. (laughs) And it's become your kind of stabilizing. It's become a part of, um, this is my routine. This is what I do. This helps me reduce stress. And so that's now gone. So there has to be something that replaces that physical movement, that social connection. Mm. And what I have been researching is there are tons and tons of online workout communities that are offering free trials for a month. Oh, cool. And so if you go to bar3.com, if you go to, is it Obey? O-B-E? Oh, yeah. They're doing a free online live um, workout classes. And so there's so many ways to be doing a workout with people Mm. in live real time. And Mm. I think that is just, it's weird, you know, just like today doing my sessions online was weird, but it worked. It really, it was okay. It was different and you adjust to the different, different elements. And so I think whatever you can be doing, if you can get outside and and walk, obviously that that's going to be a twofer, you know, being outside and Take moving your walk. body. It's a, Take a walk. It's Take a, a walk. walk. Um, if you can, if that's not possible, if you can't leave your house, small, minor things. Every time you go to the bathroom, do 10 squats. Mm. Every time, you know, um, you turn on the TV, watch the commercials. Every time the commercial break happens, do a few jumping jacks, whatever it takes to just keep moving your body. Mm. I noticed today, I don't usually track my steps. My kids think it's funny when I've had a day I haven't gotten many steps. They're like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> Are you a sloth? <laughs> um, today at around four o'clock, we walked to the park and I had 400 steps for the whole day oh, around five o'clock. Oh my gosh. Because How is that even possible, I Lindsay? I didn't go to work. Yeah. I went downstairs in the basement and did my, my work online. Of I didn't course. leave my house until four o'clock. Wow. And so it was just really shocking to be like, oh my word, I have not moved today. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So um, I think even kind of being mindful, like if you've got on your phone a little tracker to give you an idea of how much you're moving. Mm-hmm. Be aware of that. Notice, um, oh, if I've only done 400 steps, I need to go for a little walk. I need to, to do some yoga, throw the mat down real quick and do a 10-minute yoga, you know? Yeah. So knowing that and then recording after you're done, do I feel better? Has anything shifted for me? And I can't remember a time when that hasn't been yes. Mm. I feel a little better. I feel a little more relaxed. I feel a little more, my stress has reduced even a tiny bit. Yeah. Just to, to notice that, to be that... Um, positive affirmation that yes, this is, this is a thing that works for me. Yeah. So we're more inclined to, to want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So important. I think sometimes, particularly for people like me who I'm in my head a lot, the body Mm -hmm. can be the first thing that I forget, you know, (laughs) take care of my mental health and then I'll forget Mm -hmm. about my body. So yeah, absolutely. It's a good reminder. I talked to someone today about how our brains are these supercomputers and our flesh sacks, we don't even appreciate mm. or notice them yeah. until they cause a problem, until they're upset or angry or, you know, saying, pay attention to me, I'm right here. So true. And so we're not these supercomputer with flesh sacks. We are, you know, mm. whole bodies. And I think the other tool I would share on the physical front, other than movement, which is, as you've said, incredibly important, is breathing. Like really long, deep breaths. And Mm -hmm. again, it's something that we take for granted because we're all breathing, right? We're not even thinking about it. 
But what I'm talking about is deep kind of belly breathing. And the reason why that's important is because this is literally the off switch for, you know, the, the sympathetic nervous system in the body, your stress response. So we know that when people are feeling stressed or feeling anxious, again, their body is producing all kinds of hormones and chemicals, so cortisol, adrenaline, um, it's actually reducing, this is not to be alarmist, but it, re- it reduces your immune system when your stress response is activated. And so the number one thing you can do right now to improve your immunity is to turn off that stress response. And the way that you turn it off is through a deep, deep breath. And that's because that system is the body's survival system. And so The body can't distinguish between a real threat to your life that you need to run away from and a perceived threat, you know, and what people are feeling right now is a perceived threat other than the people who are actually, you know, in hospital and under the real threat. The vast majority of people are living with perceived threat, but the body doesn't know that. And so the body is pumping all of the same kind of unhelpful things into your, into your body and reducing your immunity. And so the way to turn it off is by sending the body a message that your life is in danger. And literally a long, deep breath tells the body, this person's life cannot be in danger because they have the time to breathe. Because if you were actually running away from a threat to your life, like, you know, when we think of our evolution and caveman days, your breath would be shallow because you'd be running away from this threat. And so as soon as you make your breath really deep and long, the body knows, oh, okay, this isn't a real threat to this person's mm-hmm. life right now. And it can switch off all of that production of cortisol and adrenaline. And it can, again, start to to rebuild your immunity. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't that, our bodies are brilliant. They're amazing. They're so cool. Yeah. Well, Sam, I think it would be amazing if you would lead us in a loving kindness meditation to end. Oh, wow. (laughs) Put me on the spot. I love it. You function under pressure. You got this. You just did some deep breathing. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let me, now I have to switch into my meditation voice. (laughs) Please make it as calm as possible. We need it. (laughs) so for those of you listening this goes without saying that if you are doing something (laughs) if you're driving a car or (laughs) operating some form of machinery uh this is not the time to be doing the meditation so for those of you that are somewhere where you can sit or lie down I want you to begin to get comfortable in your chair and close your eyes and feel your feet against the floor. Feel the support of the chair beneath you and do whatever you need to do to begin with to make your body feel comfortable. So if you need to shimmy your shoulders or you know, stretch, do some head rolls, whatever feels good to you to make your body super comfortable and relaxed. 
And then when you're feeling calm, I want you to begin by picturing a friend of yours, someone that you really love and adore. I want you to picture that this friend is sitting across from you and you can see them just a few meters away. And as you picture this friend, I want you to wish them well. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And I want you to see that friend stand up and walk away. And a new person enters the room. And this is someone that you don't really know. Someone you may have bumped into or a distant acquaintance. And they sit down in front of you. And I want you to send the same loving energy to this acquaintance who you may have only seen a couple of times in your life. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And I want you to picture this acquaintance. They stand up and they leave the room. And a new person walks in to take their place. And this is someone that at the moment you have a complicated relationship with. It's someone that you may have had an argument with where you might be finding it difficult to forgive this person for something they've done to you in the past. Could be someone that has very different beliefs to you, different political agenda, someone that you find it hard to get along with. And I want you to see that person sitting across from you. And I want you to wish them the same loving kindness energy. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And I want you to picture this person standing up and leaving the room. And now the person that walks in is you. And you're looking at yourself sitting across from you. 
And I want you to send the same loving kindness energy to yourself. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And now I want you to picture that the room expands to the point where everyone fits inside the room. Every human on the planet from all over the world. Everyone that you can possibly imagine is now sitting across from you in this space. And I want you to wish them the exact same loving kindness. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And as you take a few deep breaths, I want you to continue to feel that energy of love and compassion for your fellow human beings and for yourself. And as we say the words one last time, I want you to really soak in that beautiful love and compassion. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. Come back to the room. Sam, thank you so much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that concludes our coronavirus episode. <laughs> we will be Thanks back. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. We can't wait to come back to you with another episode. Thank you for listening. And may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be well. May you live at peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at youareinfinitelyloved.com.